0: NFL preseason over for the Arizona Cardinals and General Manager Monty Austin. Fourth, that means getting uh, from 90 players down to 53 by tomorrow. Here to talk some uh, Cardinals football and whatever else pops up. We know he can go yeah. a lot of different directions. CBS NFL analyst Jay Feely was doing the color commentary on the radio broadcast for the Cardinals this past weekend. Yeah, and he's first in time studio with game. us. That
1: was fun. Yeah,
0: you got to yeah. be a lot more descriptive.
1: Yeah, I would, well, that's a weird game, the last preseason yes. game, because you have no starters playing. You, right. You're really talking big picture more than what's actually going on in that game. Because all you're thinking about is who's going to make the roster, who's not, what does that mean? And then with all the trades that happened leading up to that game, there was so much big picture to talk about and so many things that, you know, we don't know and the fans don't know what that actually means for this team.
2: Yeah, no, I, I thought you did a really good job. And one of those instances was this kid McLeod who had three sacks <laughs> on Saturday and nobody knew who he was. He was because he signed on Tuesday, right. yeah, <laughs>
1: right. I mean, that's t- talk about taking advantage of your opportunity and, and making the most of it. He certainly did, yeah,
0: he did. Uh, he uh, also I- uh, made a tackle of his own teammate on an interception. <laughs> wow. you, don't, you, don't see that yeah, you don't see that a lot, yeah, you don't see that a lot. Adding the
2: stats, on the <laughs> all right. So, you, uh, um, yeah, does
0: that count? <laughs> yeah,
2: you, you've been around a lot of coaching staffs, so you've seen a lot of um, brilliance, I'm sure, and you've seen a lot of incompetence. We don't have to name names. What do you think of this new regime in Arizona? What kind of vibes are you getting from what they're throwing down?
1: I think they are committed to creating a culture first and foremost and so when i look at the isaiah Sim- simmons trade, that's exactly what it was about it wasn't about can he help us on the field because they could have found a way to use him and help them on the field i think that they didn't like him from the beginning and then he reinforced that with his lack of effort on the field and then they made the move and i think that sends a message to everybody in that locker room that if you're not the right kind of player we'll get we'll get rid of you it doesn't matter where you were drafted
0: yeah. yeah, they certainly made that. And, and, and there was a lot of Cardinals fans, Jay, that were upset. Hey, they only got a seventh-round pick for him. But, you know, if you're willing to settle for a seventh-round pick in those negotiations— it's probably an indicator that if that trade didn't happen or a similar trade, he was going to get cut tomorrow.
1: You are absolutely right. And I think that's the, that's the first priority for this entire year will be creating a culture, laying the groundwork for what they want to do. You know the draft picks that they have in the next two drafts and how they're going to supplement that. And so you know it, it could be a difficult year because I look at that defensive line and, and there's not a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to cre- get after the quarterback without creating pressure. It's going to yeah. be tough defensively. You look at what. Jonathan Gannon did as a D coordinator with Philadelphia what they want is you know they had eight starters on that defensive line in Philly last year that they could rotate guys in and their starters coming in off the bench and and they were able to get pressure on the quarterback get 70 sacks without having to manufacture pressure they can't do that with this team.
2: I totally agree with that. That's that's one of the takeaways I had that depth on that front seven is going to be an issue and I don't think there's any way around that. All right, I want to ask you about the acquisition of Joshua Dobbs and what might be going on at the quarterback position. And I thought I think Clayton Tune has looked really good and comfortable, but you know when you get to the real stuff, everything changes. What do you think is happening at that position?
1: Well, I think when you go and you spend a fifth round pick to bring in a backup quarterback, because that's what Joshua Dobbs has been, and I really like him. Like I know who he is, I know the kind of person he is. This staff knows him well. Drew Petzing was there with him in Cleveland. Monty was there a little bit with him in Tennessee. He's a really good person to have in your locker room, you know. But he's been a backup quarterback. And so, when you spend a fifth-round pick, and I'll give you a little context, they traded Cleveland a fifth-round pick. Cleveland has used fifth-round picks to trade for Amari Cooper and Zatari Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the value of trading a pick like that. So it's a substantial pick to go out and, and use that to bring him in. From what I heard, uh, the, the week of the Viking, then that entire those two practices, Colt McCoy did not have good practices at all. He, he did right. not look good, and yeah. I think that was a direct reflection of what they saw and didn't see from. Cole McCoy going out and making the move to bring a guy like Josh Dobbs and use a fifth round pick to bring him in.
0: Jay Feely is our guest in studio here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. You know, people always when when the Dobbs trade happened, they pointed to last year. Now Dobbs went to Tennessee, and eight days later, he started the last two games of the year. That happens at the end of seasons. Have you ever seen a quarterback get you know acquired this late into a preseason or training camp? and then be installed as the week one starter? Because I think that still remains a possibility, unless you're seeing it differently. Jim.
1: Well, It's a unique situation. I think when you look at Clayton Toon, I, I agree, Beck, that he did play well throughout uh, preseason. The, the play in the game against Minnesota when he's got seven man, eight man up at the line of scrimmage, he doesn't recognize the pressure coming, doesn't see him coming off the edge, gets hit, sacks, fumbles. Like that's concerning if you're gonna start him as your starter. Yeah. You know, he he handled himself well. He responded really well to that. They did a good job of, you know, okay, let's get the ball out of your hand quickly, you know, and he processes well. He's pretty accurate. That play would would concern me, you know, if I was a head coach or if I was an offensive coordinator and saying like can we Start him on day one, and I don't know what
2: they I don't know if they know what they're going to do yeah. yet. Going into that first game, which is kind of crazy to think of for a team that uh, seems to be hurting for talent on defense. The trade of Isaiah Simmons uh, was confusing to some people. Do you think that was more of the culture setting thing that we spoke of early earlier? One hundred percent. There is right. no question in my
1: mind. That's what it was about.
2: I and, and I'll make you a bet. I think. That
1: they, on the fifty-three man roster, when it's settled, come Saturday before the first game, there's five guys on that fifty-three man roster on defense alone that were not on this roster during the preseason. I think they. I mean. I, I think there's 20 roster spots that are open. Wow. You know, right now. Wow. Which is absurd. Yeah. Usually it's three wow. or four. Yes. But I think, you know, they're going to look at, you know, go to the teams that have, have great depth on defense, especially up front. A team like Philadelphia, you know, and, and, and who are they cutting? Who are they getting rid of? And, and you're going to obviously, Jonathan Gannon, uh, you know, knows them really well. But you go around the league and you say, okay, who's got a lot of talent? You know, a team like Baltimore. You know, who can we go and, and pick up guys that they released because they didn't have room? Yeah. to keep them and bring them in and they're better than who we have.
0: Yeah, you kind of yeah. led me into my next question, Jan. I, I like the way you set it up. When this roster is settled, the 53-man roster, the Saturday yeah, before Tuesday. the over, not tomorrow, <laughs> right. we were talking about it earlier, that uh, Monty Austin Ford's going to be all over the waiver wire, out of necessity, really.
1: Yeah, if you make this team on Tuesday,
0: don't go spending your
1: money. <laughs> right, right. I saw a guy do that. I saw a young guy who did that. And he went out and he bought a Hummer one oh, year. No. And I'm oh, sitting no. there thinking, dude. And sure enough, he gets cut like two days later.
2: And I'm just like, man. You know, and you want to grab those young guys oh, no. and try
1: to protect them from themselves.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what did you, uh, what did you see from BJ uh, B. Ojalari, by the way? Because there were some plays when he, I, I thought he was a little quicker than that.
1: The first series was rough. Yeah. I, I think they, the Vikings did a good job of just taking advantage of a guy who he missed all of preseason. His first time out there, he's going to be really aggressive. Yep. He was overly aggressive, and they used that against him. And he he lost the edge like three times on that first series. And after that, I thought he did a good job. Okay. I saw a couple hustle plays that I really liked.
2: Okay, you good. know, plays
1: where he came from the backside and he ran all the way around, and then he chased somebody down, you know, five six yards down the field. I like those kind of plays. You know, and you want to see that from a young guy. I think it's going to take time for him to grow and I think like I said finding guys that can get pressure off the edge and get after that quarterback is going to be a challenge for this team throughout yeah, the year.
0: If this year in your words Jay is about culture setting and I think that's a big a, a big ingredient of it. Um and you consider, you know, the lack of talent that we've talked about. You consider the Kyler Murray situation at quarterback. I mean, what do you think is is the ceiling when when total wise for a team like the Cardinals?
1: I don't think it's about wins and losses this year I, I think the number one question is Kyler Murray your answer going forward and that starts with culture for him and, and does he buy into what this regime, regime wants from the quarterback position you know Monty grew up in New England you know that's where he became you know a general manager learned the personnel and watched Tom Brady lead there's no greater leader in the NFL than Tom Brady and what he did with that team up in New England and it started with culture and leadership there it wasn't just what he did on the field and so So is Kyler Murray your answer? Because if they struggle and they don't win a lot of games and the Texans struggle, which I think they will as well, you could have the top two picks going forward. And you look at a guy like Caleb Williams or Drake Mayer, whoever it is, and you got to know, is Kyler Murray our future or are we going to go get one of these young guys and reset this this, this franchise and this team? You know, if Kyler Murray is your future and he proves that and they believe in him, that's the best case scenario for the Cardinals because then you have the ability to move down because somebody is going to move up to get one of those guys and you have so much draft capital you can acquire and you can really remake this franchise over the next two years with that draft capital. Oh, yeah.
2: Big, Big
0: Picks is back for the 2023 NFL season. Text PICK to six twenty six twenty to sign up and compete against Bickley for your chance to win the ultimate tailgate package courtesy of Corona Premier Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Zip Sports Grill. Just text PICK to 620 620 to enter. Jay has been uh, kind enough to stick around for a second segment, so we'll have uh, more with Jay Feely next here on uh, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, we continue here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, the Monday edition, Bick, Sarah back, Jay Feely in studio with us uh, this football season Jay will be in the booth for CBS along with uh, Tom yeah. McCarthy and James Lofton. he did a little
2: radio work this weekend Just the second kicker to achieve that Loftin right. status, me and man. Pat
1: Summerall It'll be fun, week, week one I'm at Denver Denver against the Raiders and my son who's playing for Colorado now will be playing in Boulder the day before nice. against Nebraska so we're going to do a double Dip. I can run up there Saturday, that's watch fantastic. him play, and then call my game Sunday.
0: You, and Summerall.
1: That's <laughs> so that's, that's kinda crazy. That's quite that's There's good company. Jay Feely, John, <laughs> John. Yeah, he Dale, was early on. He was a, he was an analyst, and yes. then he obviously became play by legendary play by play guy. Yeah. So you have play-by-play in your sights? I don't think so. No? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun, because, you know, play-by-play, you get to do all the different sports. Like, yes. I envy Jim Nance getting to go to all the sports that I love, and Jim's one of my favorite guys in the world. He's been great to me. But, you know, to be able to do football, and then jump in and do golf, and then do the Final Four, I mean, that, that's just, that's a sports, a guy who loves sports like me, that's yes. a dream. <laughs> and then
0: to be able, like Jim Nance, just to say at some point, you know what, I've had enough of the Final Four. I'm stepping aside <laughs> yeah, for the Final Four. Right. just, right. keep doing I'm just Yeah, I'm just going to focus on <laughs> golf. We (laughs) talked Cardinals with Jay. I want to talk a little college with you, too, with this huge ASU story that's going down. Um, obviously, from the reaction Kenny Dillingham had yesterday, and 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 having to deliver that message of a postseason ban to his team, regardless of how ASU was going to do this year, the timing of it is is icky to use to use a big That's word. being nice, yeah, to yeah. use a, a, a big word. I think it's BS. It is yes. BS.
1: I really just being transparent because you did it purposefully on game week, game week, so you you wouldn't have guys transfer. That's the only reason you waited, you know, because you wanted to get far enough along. In the offseason here, and leading into the season, that now these seniors and the guys that were there, because the guys who transferred in, they can't transfer again. No. You know, once you've transferred once, you can do that for free. Your second transfer, you got to sit out a year. Yeah. So it's really, you're penalizing the players that were there, that yes. stayed at your school, that were loyal to the school and stayed there. You know, if I'm Conyers or Clark, like I'm pissed off. Yeah. Because now it's really too late for me to transfer into another team and feel like I can step in and start right there. And that's why you waited. Yeah. until right now, which and, is not fair to those players at and all. And what could have changed between the closing of the portal and Nothing now? Nothing changed. Nothing changed. All you did was was penalize your guys. Yep. You knew all the way back to when it happened what you did. You knew what was going to happen. And, and I can't listen to Herm Edwards on TV I'm with you. And, and, and look at him the same because I, I've seen it. I had all the players over my house so many times from that ASU team because my son was playing there and you know I would ask them like, and, and they would be like, like no, I never talked to him. Like he doesn't talk to any of us. Like we have no relationship with him. It was it was a disappointment watching him as a coach of a college team because I really I was an advocate on this
2: on this radio show. You know, like yeah. I thought it was a great hire and, and it certainly wasn't. Yeah, and and we talk now with your son at Colorado um, going through the Deion Sanders um, immersive experience. You're telling me that couldn't be going any better. Well, we'll see if they win games. Well, there's that. <laughs>
1: there is that. But, but what Dion's done is he's created a great. Culture of accountability there, and which and Herm didn't do that. Herm no. was not about accountability, and and he holds everybody accountable. Dion does. When you look at Dion prime time, and you don't think he's going to be a disciplinarian, and he is. He wants everyone in the same shoes, same socks, shorts. He wants everyone doing the same thing. If you're not on time, he's gonna he's gonna penalize you, and you're gonna run, and, or you're gonna miss a practice, and and so that's what you want, you know, and that's something that my son, Jace, craved and didn't have here at ASU, and he's happy to have that there at Colorado.
0: Yeah, there are similarities between what's going on at Colorado, Dion, obviously, with the massive turnover of that roster. 10 guys left on their team. That's amazing. 10
1: guys?
2: (laughs) 10. I mean, that's 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 unheard of.
0: To a lesser degree, Kenny Dillingham did that in his first year. He brought in 40-some-odd transfers from outside the program, so, uh, you know, a, a, a little less of a turnover, but you know this news this challenge it was going to be a challenging year for Kenny Dillingham anyway what what do you think this does for for his task as a head coach to kind of motivate these kids.
1: I liked his answer. You know, he was put in a bad situation and it wasn't his doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a previous regime and and he's got to he's got to do the best he can with what he's got right now. And that means like you said earlier on the show as I was driving in listening to you, like create this us against the world mentality and let's go out there and let's prove that we were good enough to get into a bowl game. You know, and so he's got to like galvanize the troops and if he wants to use Ray Anderson or anybody else as the bad guy and point them and be like hey they don 't care about us they don 't you know it 's just us against the world that 's what he 's got to try and create and it 's similar in a way, I think to the cardinals right now, like these two programs are going to be similar this year, and that it 's not going to be about wins and losses as much as about creating the right culture and, and trying to get guys bought into what what their belief is and you know he 's got a freshman quarterback that he 's going to start, yeah. so you know now they can kind of do it without worrying about." if we were winning games or not. Obviously, you want to try and go out there and win that games. That is true. But you're it, trying yeah. to create this culture and develop this kid at quarterback and just build for the future, and now he
2: has the freedom, really, to do that. That's true. It's sort of a martyr-like feel to yeah. that based on that decision. Yeah, That's definitely. true. It's
0: a good point. I'd love to get your thoughts, Jay, too. As a guy you who know, played at Michigan, Big Ten, all the changes with these with these conferences, it's a bittersweet feeling. This is the last year of the Pac-12 as we know it. You got Western schools joining the Big Ten. I mean, what is your thought on all this and where it's going? Well, the NCAA
1: you know, buried their head in the sand for so long, they created this mess. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said forever, if you created a system where you allowed players to make money on their name, image, likeness, and put it into a deferred compensation plan where they got that money after they were done playing, that mm-hmm. was the best model. You know, because now you've created a situation on teams where you have the haves and the have nots in a college locker room, mm-hmm. you know, with eighteen to twenty two year olds, you know, that aren't mature enough to handle it like an NFL locker room, a professional locker room. And when you have some guys making millions of dollars, legitimately yeah, millions, millions of dollars, of dollars yeah, and yeah. other guys not making any money at all, yeah. that's tough for 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds mm-hmm. to handle. Yeah. you know, And then they're stupid with their money. And and you don't have this situation in place where they can have advisors helping them make the right decisions. NFL players are stupid with their money. NBA players are stupid with their money, much less 18- and 19-year-olds. So I blame the NCAA, first of all. I think the end result is probably four super conferences, You know, and that's what you'll have.
2: Have. And then, you know, those super conferences will lead into, you know, the playoff that we have now. With I, I was told by a big time booster who knows this stuff that Arch Manning has been offered $10 million. And there's a quarterback who's been offered 13 million. Now he wouldn't tell me who that other quarterback is, and I'm not fully immersed in the college game to know who that might be.
0: Jaden Rashada had 13 million on the books Florida. at Florida. That's right. Oh, that's right. In Until some they backed sketchy up, sketchy nil <laughs> deal. that was,
1: that was right.
0: being Concocted by that's some right. sophomore on campus. That's but right. Still, it was. It yeah. was almost 14 wow. million dollars. Well, hey. I know a kicker of a Colorado. If anybody wants to get nil money, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just. What I can't wait with all this shifting, Jay, is like the first. first... First time USC's got to go on the road to like West Lafayette late in the season and play like a 9 a.m. Pacific Time (laughs) kickoff. That's what I'm really looking forward to. (laughs) If if USC suffers in all of this, that's basically what I'm rooting for. I
1: think USC is going to be in the hunt for the national championship this year. Do you? I do, yeah. They lost a lot. Caleb's back, though. They have a ton of talent. I don't know if you watched that San St. Jose some State it, game. Yeah, they, they got yeah. a ton of oh, yeah. talent oh, yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to, they light it to up. If, And they brought in a lot of transfers defensively. If they can fix the problems that they had last year defensively, look out. Jay, yeah. thanks so much for coming in, fun, man. man. Good to talk to you. Yeah, now I get to go play some golf. Enjoy your you team time, brother. <laughs> it's
0: a great-looking shirt. I appreciate he, he it. He does want to go. That was He's a great to great hour. shirt. He's got to work i got to work. <laughs> See you guys. Jarrett just complimented you on your no, shirt. Oh, I said that. Very Jared, I like the Birkenstocks that
1: you have on. There. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and when I listen to Jared on the air, I picture him wearing yes. Birkenstocks. Yes. He always has them on. <laughs> so I those probably Chewbacca
0: slippers. October, at least. <laughs> Chewbacca slippers. Uh, again, you can uh, catch Jay Feely on CBS this fall, working with Tom McCarthy and James Lofton. Jay, good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming in. See you guys. Uh, coming up next, Sarah will take us through some social studies. particularly and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.